Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shane needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very solemn edition of the West Coast Eagles Big Footy Podcast. We have gathered and I think, ideally, they would like us to remember them at their vibrant best rather than what they and, indeed, we had to suffer at the end. So if you'd want to jump in the chat, guys, please do and, and just share some of your fondest memories of the West Coast Eagles Football Club. They they gave us a lot, Miguel, and, uh, you know, it, they, they really did try right to the end. But all things considered, Miguel, the West Coast Eagles Football Club, it, it is finished. Yeah, it's been folded. Real shades in this of the, uh, you know, the origin story for the Ashes was that after Australia beat England. Of course I do. Of course I do, yeah. (laughs) Someone put an obituary. Real shades of this. So I'm not surprised you came up with this idea given your love of Test cricket. Um, (laughs) I actually got the memo and then lost it. So I should have been in funeral care as well. Never mind. Um, Yeah, tough, tough time to be a West Australian sport fan. uh, Yeah. Follows the other mob, which they don't count. No, nah, yeah, not a single good thing going on in WA footy. We're getting crowds back, Miguel, and uh, that's nice because we can have one last big turnout, I suppose, for the boys yeah. before things are formally wound up on on Friday evening. So, yeah, yeah it's it um, yeah, that's it. Let's have a party, you know, because they would have been they would have liked to be remembered for who they were, I guess, throughout the the bulk of it, not what they were at the end. And Miguel, it was indeed the end. Let's get into it. We do have to talk about some football in this episode, unfortunately. Uh, So the West Coast Eagles, and please sound off in the comments on this one because it's going to be a lively show. Miguel, they scored four goals, nine, 33 points. We kicked a goal in the first 30 seconds. That was great. That was an improvement on the previous week. Look, unfortunately, Port Adelaide, 18-9-1-1-7. One goal to three-quarter time, Miguel. The ball movement was non-existent from back to front. Basically, if we don't go straight out of the middle and score, we're stuffed. The defenders, God bless them, they try so hard. Yeah. But but there's just no beating what we're uh, making them beat at the moment. So, Miguel, yet another fantastic result for the Eagles, losing to winless bottom of the ladder. Winless bottom of the ladder, Port Adelaide. Uh, we were 5 nothing against them at Adelaide Oval. Uh, yep. We're now 5-1, but um, yep. we've somehow been outscored. So, the 84-point <laughs> was more than... I think a fair bit more than uh, all of our winning margins there put together. I didn't know um, that. That's a good stat. Yeah, good stat. Lowest score. I think our lowest score ever against Port. Good. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, 65 inside 50s to 34, I think it was. You know, we're not giving the forwards a chance. We're not giving the backs a chance. Not winning the ball out of the middle. Um, not able to force a turnover. Not able to to even chase, really. Mm. Um, sort of the first efforts were all right, but not enough. And then um, there weren't any second efforts. It was, it was just basically, especially 
that second quarter and then um, after a mini little uh, revival at the start of the foot, uh, start of the final quarter when we kicked three goals and then um, Port Adelaide just uh, went on a romp again after that and kicked another seven. So Slammed it um, up. Yeah, really, uh, really nothing, nothing at all to take out of it. Um, struggle to find positives anywhere. And I was looking at the um, looking at the ages of the team that we put out there. We didn't, you know, you can't even say oh, at least we got some games into some young kids. The youngest mm. players we had out there were um, they turned twenty two this year. Average age twenty six years seven months. Port Adelaide's yeah. average age twenty five years eleven months. The breakdown: less than fifty games under their belt. We had eight. That 50 to 99 bracket, we had six. We had two in between their 100 and 149th, and then seven above their 150th. So Nizzy's email aside, they're trying to balance youth and senior players. I understand all of that sort of stuff. Uh, it yeah. is grim Youth aren't getting a huge look in at the moment. No. Um, yeah. Uh, Ken Holmes here jumping in the comments says, uh, says that he misses the days when he was a seated member during the Ken Judge era RIP. Guys, if you've jumped in late and you're wondering why I'm dressed like the security detail, we're actually at a funeral. So if you could show some respect, please. We are eulogizing the West Coast Eagles on all of all of your favorite memories over the years from when they started way back in the 80s to uh, 2022, the formal year of their death. Sam wants to know if we've got Clarko's number. He thinks it's time for Simo. And let's dive right into that because we did a similar thing last week, Miguel. We tried to talk about the Swans game, but it was never really about the Swans game. It was about what it represented. Well, what did this represent? Because Port Adelaide, we acknowledged, better than a winless side. You know, they were, they were probably one of the strongest 0-5 sides I reckon you'll ever find. That said, they're bottom yeah. of the ladder. They're winless. They shouldn't be romp. A win is one thing. Yeah. You know, they beat you, okay, that's one thing. They yeah. shouldn't romp like that. And they were taking the piss at the end. And it's the fourth game, I think, this year where the opposition <laughs> have taken the piss. Sorry, what do we got here? made a really good comment there. I was hoping it was a men in black get up and we, uh, it was here for a memory wipe. Nicely done there. Yeah, That's a good we are one. trying to fast track that technology now after Friday, Saturday, sorry. Far out. There yeah. you go. Oh, well, this is good. We're showing more life in the comments already than the midfield did yeah. on the weekend. So, Migs, it's the Simo question and it's one we already had the previous week. And I know we've been a bit late to the party, which we acknowledged last week as well, on the Simo front. But this is a line in the sand moment this week and... The club know that the pressure's on to the point where Nizzy's had to send an email. So, yeah. I mean, they've got to just gut it and start again, right? I know you can't completely just throw out everybody. You're not going to th- make 10 changes and bench Kennedy, Hearn, Shuey. You know, you're not going to bench everybody. I get that. But they really do need to start going, take Jackson Nelson. He's a guy I like and I've spoken up about on the podcast before. Hoff needs to be playing yeah. instead of him. And it's not because I think Nelson's not worth his spot. It's not because he's one of the ones that's not trying, because he is. He's one of the ones who will always kill himself. But we need to now be pumping games into Hoff. Exxon needs to be playing in the middle, not on the half-forward flank. You know, Sam Petrescu-Seaton, is he a midfielder? We need to find out now, not in two years' time. So whether it's a regime change, it certainly has to be a mindset change from the Eagles. And I think they know that, even if they're in denial. I think they have to come to the realisation now. You'd think so, but I think we've said that before. Um, Yeah, yeah, yep. Big... Uh, it is real line in the sand game on Friday, you know, Friday night, um, national audience against Richmond, even though mm. they're not quite the Richmond of the last few years, but they will still go in really warm favourites, I think. Um, I mean, we lost to the Suns. We lost to Freo yeah. by 100-odd, Swans by 100-odd, Port by 100-odd. 
North game, I know, but we've we've had yeah. three near enough to what eighty hundred point losses this year. Like, what is that? Yeah. What is that? Well, yeah, we're um we're above bottom of the ladder by an absolute skerrick. Um, yeah, what can you what can you get out of the um, season apart from playing the youth? And there's not a huge amount of youth really to come in. Um, Hoff is the obvious one. Luke Edwards, possibly. I don't know how he went um, in the waffle on the weekend, but um, he's one that looked all right last year. Looked um, looked okay. Some of the games he's played this year is probably a little bit of a surprise that he was in the team um, so early, particularly after coming off injury. But uh, as we know, we're not worried about bringing players back from injury. Well, not um, all players. Some players. Of course, well, you yeah. do have to bring Petrocelli back through the waffle. You can't just go straight into the side, Miguel. Yeah. Um, oh. Selling cake. Oh, that, that doesn't say cake. G'day to Ben Cousins, who's just jumped yeah. in the chat there. Badge selling something on the side. Uh, weird vibes with the outfit. Okay. We're at a funeral, Bombard. If you could show some respect and please drop your favourite West Coast Eagles memory or just yeah. simply drop an F in the chat, that would be great. Uh, everything happening now, says Ken, has been creeping in since 2019. They've failed to acknowledge it, and now we've hit critical mass. And that is definitely one school of thought. It's something that has yeah. been brought up since 2019. Well, and since the um, to argue. since the, the failed Kelly trade at the end of 2018 and then the Kelly trade at the end of 2019, they sort of tooled mm. up for one last real um, whack at the premiership. Uh, you know, it hasn't come about since then. It's obviously not going to come about this year. Um, you know, we lose Kennedy, Hearn, Shepard, um, possibly Nat Nui, possibly Shuey, possibly Redden. Um, you know, all of those, I think, if they don't go out at the end of this year, they go out at the end of next year. So, yeah, it really is um, time for a rebuild. And, um, yeah, you wonder, you know, is there any benefit in, um, in not pressing the button now? Like, you sort of, you don't want to start tanking and, um, you know, risk risk the sort of fines that Melbourne got. But um, I don't I think it's to... tanking to yeah. play Kennedy one in every two games, play no. Rotham over Hearn. I know who I think is a better footballer today, but who's going to be better for the Eagles in two years? We need to have an answer there. <laughs> got a Blues Brothers reference in the chat there. Thank <laughs> you very much. I was worried about that one, but nah. got to commit to the bit. Is it possible to have a worse security guard than what the SCG had for Buddies 1000? Thank you very much to the chat. Here we go. It's all jumping off. Uh, Bombard says the front office needs to take some responsibility. We drank our own bathwater on some of the contracts and trades. Does anyone really think the Gaff mega deal was great? We kind of really got forced into this. them. Yeah. Because you need to... You don't get better by letting your right. great players walk. But... I mean, obviously now there is a discussion, is Gaff a great player and all this sort of stuff. People point at the McGovern deal. Gov's one of the ones that's still flying. And you have to pay what the market dictates at a certain yeah. point. So the 2019 season, would, do we look back at it more fondly if Willie doesn't get suspended and we make a prelim? Do we feel a bit better about the whole situation? You know, And if, that, yeah. it's, if it's fine margins, is that what we're talking about? But I think you've got to pay market rate for some guys. Now the Gaff deal in particular looks pretty average in hindsight just because he's shadow of what he was at his best and when we were at our best. Yeah. But, but you, would have, you would have said that you know, six months ago about the McGovern deal as well. So form, correct. the form is so fleeting. Um, yeah, it's hard to judge. I mean, a lot of those we won't be able to judge probably until the end of their careers. But, yeah, yeah. even when you look back at them, you know, coming off a premiership, 
uh, they were at their um, at their highest value. Um, there was you know, the talk about fe- friends, family, flags, and you know, there would have been um, a big desire to keep the whole squad together. Well, there was rumours uh, that Lysette, who'd committed to Port, once yeah, he heard it, was, it, that Gaff and Gov were staying, wanted yeah. to back out of his deal. So I understand you, know, you do need to be mindful. You can't get caught up in the emotion. But high off the premiership, high in inverted commas, thank you very much, that everyone wants to keep the band together and, yeah. you know, let the good times roll. So I understand how that can happen. The problem is, from a list management point of view, you do have to be calculated and sort of future-focused. The list, the playing list, the the match committee, you know, the, the 22 that we throw out there, I suppose, we've been loading up on the now for so long and it is really starting to bear fruit. Yeah, it is. Um, those chickens are coming home to roost and you can see that really when you look at the... Um, you know, just when I before when I was trying to list off the young players, you know, mm. promising young players that we've got, got to come in has um, probably affected that a bit. Um, but the main uh, driver of it, I think, is the fact that we basically traded out of two drafts for Kelly, um, you know, with the intention of rolling the dice one last time with Kelly. Um, so we do have a gap in that age bracket coming through, and there's yeah, there's a real um, Real dearth of, of young talent to rebuild, so we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to hit the draft really hard this year. But it looks like we're going to have the tools at the very least because we're looking yeah. at a top top. We'll have some pick. good picks. So yeah, in the first round, in the second round, similar, and then depending on how quickly Port figure themselves out because they won't get to play against us every week, we could no. be looking at you know three top twenty five picks, which includes a top four pick. At the moment, honestly, it's looking like it's a top two, but. You know, we'll wait and see. Maybe they scrape a few wins together. I don't see where they're coming from, but we'll we'll wait and see. We'll find out. Let's take it back to the Port game just for a little bit. The problems were the same problems we've seen. The thing that the commentators really started hammering early, uh, and I think it might have been on the back of that first goal, that Cripps goal, was that I believe the Eagles are number one in the comp for percentage of scores from the centre clearance, which speaks to the fact that our scores are low, so it's a small sample size, but... We get it straight out of the middle. We go inside 50, and we know we're efficient when we go inside 50, typically. Beyond that, that just points to a team that does not know how to move the ball. All the things that we are seemingly good at are unsustainable in terms of accuracy, efficiency, taking it straight out of the middle. All the things that are sustainable and sort of reflect who you are as a club are the things we struggle with. that's That's a very grim situation to find yourself in. Yeah, moving moving the ball from the back line to the forward line, and then um, the other thing as well is keeping the ball in the forward line um, when when we get mm. it in there is something we're really bad at. So Port, I think, even though they went inside fifty um, about twice as much as us, they um, forgot where I was going with that stat. They, tackles, they, maybe. Uh, I was going to bring up the tackles as well, but their rebound fifties were quite high. So yeah, we didn't. Mm. Um, we didn't have a lot of inside 50s, but uh, most of the ones we did got rebounded straight out again, which is um, sort of the opposite of what we saw, I think, against Collingwood and what won us the game is that we were really efficient. Um, when Can we you explain to me the gap in the stat here? Because I'm just looking at it and I, my understanding of the stat is obviously wrong. The Eagles went inside 50 34 times and Port rebounded 29 times. Right, but we doesn't, doesn't had, make sense, does it? Because it means we only scored five times. But we had thirteen yeah. scoring shots. Yeah. Although I, I suppose 
maybe a rebound 50 counts as if we score a behind and you go straight out because that would sort of add up. Oh, that must be it. That yeah. must be it. So I suppose that points to maybe once we scored a behind and they didn't get it all the way out and we scored again. Yeah. Maybe that's what that means. In any event, or, that's pretty bloody once, grim. Once we went in there and then the siren sounded or something. Yeah, exactly right. How <laughs> yeah, many of those seven other... clearance scores are from Nick Nat, by the way, just talking about that efficiency? Yeah. Well, that's going to be hard to well, say, but we weren't against... In the past couple of weeks. But we weren't against a machine of a ruck unit in terms of Port Adelaide. Um, well, he... you know... Bloody Hayes got 47 hitouts. So our our two rucks got absolutely smashed by a second gamer, which is um, yeah. a worry because there's uh, there's stronger ruck, um, uh, ruck combos that will come up against this year. Uh, Bombard's joined us on Twitch and says, was anyone struck by how West looks pretty good compared to the others? It's telling that a waffle scrapper who is used to improvising is doing relatively well in our system or lack thereof. West is an interesting one for me, and we'll, I think I'm going to bring his name up when we get to our buy, sell, and hold later on in the show. Uh, and if you've got any buy, sell, hold of yourselves, just jump in the chat when we get to that section as yep. well and tell us who you want stock in. But Yeah, please give me some ideas because I didn't prepare for that. Yeah, because there's nobody that we want to buy. Um, West is more agile than I give him credit for. And maybe I have and a bit made... I was going to say maybe I've made a generalisation because he's sold as sort of an in-and-under extractor type he's got the hair is he matt Prittis? is you know have i br- just <laughs> made a really broad decision there and gone this is who he is but he's he's thrown out a little bit of candy he's pretty quick out of the pack he is one that for me and yeah spoiler alert he's going to be my buy for the week we can't not play him now because is he a waffle scrapper yes and i understand the tag being there i know we got him in the mid-season draft and all this sort of stuff but he's hard at it he fights right to the end. He was one of the three players I was impressed with on the weekend. Uh, and it's a couple of weeks in a row that he's shown something. It's not polished. It's not all Australian no. midfield. It's not yeah, sexy midfield, but it's a role-driven he's a midfield. Instrument. He is, but could he be yeah. the next Redden? Like, would I rather him play now than Redden from a future-proofing point of view? Yeah, I, I yeah. obviously at this point. Yeah, when we drafted him, I sort of thought he might be the next Hutchings. So... Um... Probably a little bit similar there, Hutchings and, and Redden. Then you know they're blue, real blue collar midfielders. Um, yeah, uh, hard workers um, don't do the flashy stuff. West has actually done a little bit of flashy stuff this year. This is what's um, thrown me. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there is a bit to work with. He's uh, he's mature age, but he's he's what he was the same. Um, he came up through juniors with Oscar Allen, so he's that age. So he's not that old. Yeah. He's um. Yeah. He's got a fair bit of footy left in him, so um, we'll probably talk about Greg Clark later in the um, later yeah. in the episode. And you know, he's twenty five or something, so he's not a super long term prospect. But yeah, Connor West is you know, potentially a, a long term prospect. I am just getting roasted in the chat here, and I, <laughs> I don't really mind it. It's good content because otherwise we'd yeah. have to talk about the footy. Um, yeah, Kim's true. asking, "What does West have the capability of in terms of improving his game?" I mean, the skills you'd like to think could get yeah, polished up. The Eagles have never... I can't specifically think of a player whose skills we've drastically improved. We've had skilled players, plenty of them, but have we had somebody that came in 50-50 on their disposal and left as like, yeah, he's a pretty serviceable kick. You know, we never fixed Ainsworth. Mm, we never kicked... Glass. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That's that's not bad. That's a pretty good one. I'll give you that. I was going to say, Brander's kicking action we never fixed. No. Ainsworth's kicking action we never fixed. Um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the chat just lighting me up. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, let's let's move on from the port game specifically because I mean it's the same issues like we said. Prayers up to Tom Barras, man. The guy is just yeah. fighting the good fight at the moment, and he's not alone down there. I know, but he's really risen in my books over the last couple of weeks because he's just scrapping so damn hard. Uh, do we, we want to get into before we oh, move yeah. on from the port game? I missed out yep. on the opportunity to raise that. Uh, the inside 50 tackle stats, which was... Um, Don't worry about it. 20, 28 inside 50 inside fifty tackles to Port and three to West Coast. And just wondered how you felt about that stat, 28 to three. It's, uh, yeah, it seems like quite a disparity. Yeah, yeah. big disparity. Uh, there's, there's, there's no coming back from that, really, is there? No, big discrepancy. So that one's done and dusted. Um, now, what's going on in the chat here? Other Sorry things, hopefully. No, no worries. That's fine. That's just my life. That's just my sad, miserable life because the one team that I had that didn't make me sad was the Eagles. That's an NFL reference for those that didn't get it, by the way. And uh, the team that I follow in the NFL gave up the biggest choke in Super Bowl history, but I always had the Eagles to fall back on. And now I don't even have them anymore. So thanks, Migs. That's great. Peter Quinn wants to know what role will Clark play in the midfield and why can't we win a clearance? Well, how long, how long do we have? These episodes are only meant to run for half hour, so we'll leave the clearance question alone. But do we want to get onto buy, sell and hold? And do we want to talk about Clark just before we do, or I'll even throw you a freebie and he might be a buy if you haven't thought about one yet, Mix. Yeah, Um, we'll just call him like from Clark. I couldn't think of anyone else. Let's get into Um, that. I'm a little bit hamstrung. I didn't see the waffle game on the weekend. The one before was his first game for the year against Perth. Uh, he didn't. He looked very rusty in that one. Um, but you know, the numbers look good, though. You got it like yeah, in the waffle num- you know, numbers score, against numbers look great. Yeah, numbers against South looked really good. Um, obviously, his uh, his past experience with CB speaks for himself. He's a mm. um, he's a big body. He's sort of transitioned himself from a. Um, a tall sort of Matt Rosa like or Jared Brander, dare I say it, wingman um, to a, an inside, <laughs> big bodied inside bull that we've been looking for. Um, Fantastic. About, yeah, he's about six foot four. He's um, so he's he's a really big body to throw in there. Um, he's been talked about as a you know, basically a straight swap for Yo. Mm. Um, obviously, doesn't have Yo's experience at the top level, but um, probably playing wise, he's uh, he'd be pretty similar to that. He's a, he's a competitor. He doesn't like um, doesn't like losing. He probably hasn't had to experience it too much at Subi in the past few years. But um, so he's in for a I red am, shock this year. I uh, am led to believe they lost to a Claremont top upside on the weekend, though. Well, without him, I suppose. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> another another slam at you in there. More roasting. Um, Let, this will be yeah. the last time I ever try and do anything entertaining for any of you people ever again. This is this is two very average white blokes doing uh, a footy podcast and mm. all the time the topic seems to be our bloody fashion choices yeah it's bizarre yeah. anyway there you go what are you signing up for that's a quality for you i guess there you yeah. go uh that's so right so your buy i guess is going to be clark uh, I with guess so. all the all the reasons we talked about i like connor west he fights really hard he's scrappy he's got a patrick mcginnity vibe but he's got a little bit more class than i realized so yeah. i'll give him that uh, so Connor West needs to play and he needs to stay in the side because I don't know that he'll ever be perfect or he'll ever be A grade or whatever you want to term it. But if we're going to be a role driven team, he seems like he can fill a role in our midfield. And by God, we need to kick the tires on somebody resembling a young player. Yeah. 
I think, on the spectrum of you know, Red and Hutchings McGinnity for those mm. uh, blue collar in and under midfielders. I think he'd be more up the Redden and Hutchings end than the McGinnity end. Just watch yourself. All right. I've caught a lot of strays this episode. I don't need to have any Patrick McGinnity slander <laughs> thrown thrown in. Uh, hold. Who are you holding, Miguel? Is there somebody that you're not ready to commit to yet or you don't want to jump off of just yet? Um, he's probably a sell for a lot of people. And he's, uh, this year in particular, he's one guy that is um, really in the firing line um, for various reasons. But I thought... Um, he played pretty well on the weekend, given his um, uh, given the lack of uh, of supply he had. Uh, I thought he competed really well. Um, Jack Darling competed mm. till the end. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, managed to hit the scoreboard uh, at the end. He gave up, gave away a goal to. Uh, did he give away one to Kennedy? I think Kennedy. The, he did the, the big handball. Yeah, the, but it was his sort of second effort. Um, chasing down his opponent and, and yep. taking the ball off him, but um, caused that. Uh, I thought he presented well. He was marking well, um, and yeah, he's uh, all of those forwards are on a hiding to nothing at the moment. But I think he's um, you know, third or fourth, fifth game of the year. He's starting to build uh, into the season. Uh, we know what his preseason yeah. looked like, but he's uh, yeah, he's. Um, I don't think he'll be a player that thrives in a team that's struggling. But um, he's at least competing, and he, he looks ready to. Um, if he can get a bit more supply, he looks ready to um, put it all together. Now, the game so. style is doing the tools no favors in terms of most of their touches at the moment are coming from yeah. former pack on the wing, and we'll yeah. kick it long to that pack. See what you can do. It's not a viable it, strategy. It's not sustainable. That's another thing that's not sustainable. Is any of our attacks, uh, like our you know chains of play, are coming from a good yeah. contested mark? That's not sustainable. And that's the, that's the game plan I thought we were getting rid of this year. But Agreed. But you know what? He's starting to clunk a few of them. And I'm not saying it's a good setup, but the worst thing he can, you know, the, the best thing he can do is mark a ball in terms of, I don't think it's a good way to rely on build-up play, but if he's marking them, he's marking them. So I think he's gotten better every game. As you said, we know what his preseason was. I get it. Um, I'm, I think I'm more positive on Darling than most people are or, or whatever you might want to say there, but I, I agree. That's a good one for the hold. Uh, Bailey Williams is going to be my hold for the week purely because of opportunity. I feel like I've done this before with him at some point, whether he's a, a hold or a buy or something. But as you pointed out, Sam Hayes, second game, 47 hit outs, 11, 11 disposals. Bailey Williams, I don't know, how, what are we up to here? Game 10, 15, 20? Yeah. 17 hit outs and nine touches. So he got fairly pants by a second gamer. What happens once it hits the deck is one thing. So, you know, it's not even like, oh, but our midfield was getting battered. No, no, that starts in the ruck. Yeah. So he did just get battered, but he's going to yeah. get opportunity. And if the aim of the game from here on in is to see what we've got, he is a player that is getting games on potential at the moment. So keep pumping him in. Cop that he's going to get beaten nine times out of ten. Maybe he'll clunk a mark in the forward. I saw somebody describe, it might have been Trucko on Big Footy, so apologies if, it, if I've gotten it wrong, but... I saw somebody say that the thing about Bailey Williams is that he's the forward part of the ruck forward and he's the ruck part of the forward ruck. <laughs> as in, he's not quite good enough to do either yet. No. And we're sort of hoping he does both. But you know what? Opportunity, that's that's the name of the game for the Eagles this year for the younger players. So I guess I'm not jumping off him just yet, even though his performance probably does merit it. Uh, who is your sell, Miguel? 
Yeah, he um, – just before I go on to that, and I'll stall and give myself some time to think of a sell, but, yeah, Get out he – this year and disposals from the last two years, says Peter in the chat. Re Bailey Williams. Um, I think hit-ups would be out – hit-outs would be up solely because he's played so many games as the number one Ruckman without Nick Matt. Mm. Whereas yeah. last year, pretty much every every game he played, he was you know, rucking 20%, 30% of the time. Um, yeah. Took a really good pack mark in, what was it, the second quarter? And then uh, I think just about kicked it out on the full. If he kicked it and behind, what? it was he just made him. Yeah. Um, he would be a really good sort of second ruck, um, uh, third tall forward. Um, third forward target if he could um, kick his set shots. And mm. he seems a lot better at that at waffle level than AFL level. So whether it's a mindset thing, I'm not sure. Just um, on Will, uh, just yeah. still on Williams real quick, and this is the level of positivity that we have at the moment. We're scrapping for anything. The week before against Sydney, he took a really good contested mark dropping back in the hole. And I have a feeling he did similar. Did he play against Frio? I have a feeling he did similar against Frio. He might have taken a good mark in front of Lob or crashed a pack in front of Lobb or Darcy down in their forward line. I'll have to check that one. But my point is, the yeah. Ruckman in the hole is not something that we've had with Nick Nat, and you can get into that if you want, which we do not want. But fine, that's something, I guess. He's getting down there and sort of fill, filling a role down there. Yep. Um, I can't think of a sell. I uh, just about want to sell everyone. <laughs> yeah, because it's um, too many options or...? yeah. Um, yeah, too many options. Who do I pick? I mean, the two old guys, Kennedy and Hearn, I had them in my outs this week. Whether they're, I mean, if they're out, the club would call it um, rested or managed. Rested. They won't say they're dropped, but yeah. um, both of them looked very sharply off the pace uh, against Port. Um, uh, Kennedy's ability this year has been to kick goals from limited, uh, limited opportunities. Yeah, uh, and you know, if he's not doing that, uh, he's at the stage where he's. You know, the, I think the efforts there, the effort to, to chase and, and harass guys inside forward fifty, uh, is there. But um, the mind is, the mind is willing, but the flesh is, uh, the, the flesh has gone past him. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think between the two of them, they would probably be my sells and probably selling really low, and um, yeah, won't get much for them now. They're, Selling for parts almost, but yeah, unfortunately, those two guys. And uh, as this next sort of month goes on, you know, if we don't win another game uh, and we start to head to the mid-season draft with uh, with pick one or pick two, yeah, um, there will be a lot of clamouring for one or both of them to to up stumps, um, which is and give us a pick, which is a really tragic. ugly way for them to go. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, cast your mind back to. Um, middle of 2014, I think it was, when Glass, yep. almost by surprise, just pulled the pin mid-season because his body had given up. And, yep. Yeah, it's a sad, sad way to go, but it, it might be um, a bit of an inevitability for one, if not both of them. That's very sad times, and I'm going to have to echo it. Yeah. Hearn was who now I Now we're going with. really into the, uh, the funeral thing. Yeah, now we're really leaning into the vibe. Uh Hearn, I think, is my sell. I mentioned this swap before. I, I used to be really, really into Josh Rotham as an op. He just, I don't know what's happened. His confidence is gone. He doesn't want to kick the footy. He's a good kick of the footy. This is what I can't get my head around. But anyway, so I don't think his output will be better. I actively think his output will be worse. But play Hearn one in every two. 
play Rotham the other one. And if Rotham plays well, he keeps his spot until he plays poorly enough that you have to bring Hearn back. Or, you know, come up with a plan because he deserves it. And I know it's a business and I know you need to be cutthroat. And we're in a phase where we need to look at youth. But you've also got to show a little bit of respect to people. So come up with a plan with Bunger that says you're playing one in every three, you know, but there's a chance that somebody might get hot and keep you out of the side. And if, if you're saying, no, Shannon Hearn is best 22 and we're going to keep pumping games into him, at a certain point, you have to look at what you're doing. And it's not a reflection on Shannon Hearn at all. Uh, although his output's been down a little bit lately, it's not a reflection on him and he deserves to go out on his own terms. But at a certain point, your match committee and, and your sort of list build has to go, what does is, what is 14 games more of Shannon Hearn do for us where 14 games of Brady Hoff might be a real good option? You know, that might really springboard us further next year than we thought we would. So it's a tough one. Uh, are we sure Stewie isn't a retirement candidate mid-season, asks Bombard. Wow. I, don't th- I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Everybody, we've done the body stuff to death with him. You hold your breath yeah. every time he gets bumped. He needs to play off a flank. He's good at playing off a flank. Xavier O'Neill, for example, or West or True or any of these guys that are sort of SPS, Luke Edwards. If you want to say Petreski Seaton is half, you know, he's a forward, but he's also sort of a midfielder and he's going to do both, all right, fine. Give him an extended run in the middle because we did it against the Gold Coast when he had no match fitness. And you know what? First half, great. Polished, clever, aggressive with his kicking. And then he blew up and ran out of gas, and that's okay. Just swap him and Shuey. Shuey needs to lose his midfield minutes. I don't know Bombard that he'll retire unless his body quits on him and he has like another yeah. long-termer. But he does, he does feel like he's one injury away from it. I agree. I agree. But they just need to embrace it. The list is where it's at. Just give the kids... It's almost it's almost better that we don't have the kids, you know, coming through because it, it gives them no excuse to say, oh, we don't want to put 22 kids out there because we don't have 22 kids. So just no. play the eight that we do have and the rest can be senior players. That's fine. Anyway. You don't so, want to go too far the way. You can't go too far the other way. Uh any final comments before we throw the dirt, as it were, on the West Coast Eagles? Uh, the uh, the chat has been hot tonight. The chat has been roasting me, and I deserve it. But I was just trying to brighten the mood, guys. Come on, go easy. Miguel, it's been a really tough week. So any yeah. any closing statement, any closing thoughts, and then uh, we'll send the um, Eagles off to the incinerator. Funeral motif is a really um, is a tried and true method of uh, of lightening the mood. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it's it's going to be a rough year, guys. Um, I think we probably knew that a month ago, six weeks ago. Um, yeah. Getting the full reality of that hitting us in the face at the moment. Um, yeah, it's going to be a rough year. Um, try and uh, try and get the little positives where you can. Um, you know, if we see someone like Stern Attica, um, probably could have been my buy almost. Thought he played all right. He was pretty um, good. He was pretty good. I think I would have liked to have seen him take the number one ruck role and, and Williams used sort of as a rotation rather than the other way around. I think that's the way that the two of them would be better suited. But we, we, If those were our one and two ruck, we would have to have the weirdest looking ruck unit in the AFL. <laughs> and I know that's not what you want. I know you want yeah. finals, but it's got to count for something. They are strange looking blokes. I love to say yeah. that. Um, Sam Draper and Andrew Phillips at Essendon, I think, have given them a run. Oh, yeah, them. shit, that's a good Peter point. Peter Wright as well, yeah. Kim wants to know as we sign off, and Migs, this is probably a good thing to sign off yeah. on. What's our hope? That's what we need. We need some hope. So what are we hoping? Um, we'll, we'll tune, in later, tune into the second episode later in the week, Kim. Yeah, there you and go. A little we'll, bit of scissor. You might have come up with something. 
No, nah, we'll talk Richmond later on in the week because we do have the yeah. Friday night game. So we'll swing back around between now and then. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's the kids slash yeah, the younger 20-year-olds. Slash, slash, yeah, nice debut for Greg Clark, possibly. Um, it's it's yeah, that. The excitement of seeing Hoff, the excitement of seeing uh, Luke Edwards, I keep mentioning him. Yeah. Um, Zane True, if he can, he's probably he's playing available. his first waffle game. Yep. He's available, um, I reckon. Rhett Bazo did play his first waffle game. He um, crawled out of the grave. And, uh, um, yeah, so I don't know how it went, obviously. His stats are pretty quiet, but he's a Very fan. quiet so stats, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, guys like that. Um, Jack Williams, I was bullish on the other week. Um, didn't think we'd see him again at AFL level this year, but the way we're going, possibly we might. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's where we're going to have to... And uh, maybe we'll all become draft experts this year and uh, we'll start watching the, the TAC Cup and get into no, um, never ever Wardlaw and, uh, and Marcus Ashcroft's kid, who we might pinch, and whoever else are the number one um, number one pick targets. So, yeah, we'll all become, um, we'll become draft experts this year. Because nah, it'll be our first, our first top 10 pick since Gath. Uh, so I suppose what's the hope? The hope is 2010 we were wooden spooners. 2011 we played a prelim. You know, 2017 everyone said blow it up, we're done. 2018 we debuted 10 new players to the club of varying ages, but 10 new players to the club. We won the flag. Yeah. That's the hope. That's few the of those, hope um, yeah, a few of those um, young new players played in the flag as well. There you go. So, uh, who knows? Maybe next week I'll wear something funny as well. Maybe that's the hope. Maybe you can look forward <laughs> to that. Anyway, thank you very much, guys. We will uh, we will leave our paying of the respects there. Uh, in lieu of flowers or any sort of money, please just give a donation to the Eagles because they desperately need more money. That's the only thing they've got yeah. too much of at the moment. They did, got all um, our money. Did they got all the emails put in the that world. in his email? Yes, he said. And also, yeah. please leave your money in the club. Please, yep. for the love of God. Anyway, we'll leave it there, Mix. Thank you for joining me. It was a it was a tough uh, tough slog on the weekend, but I think we got through it all right. We'll jump back on the show later on in the week and talk West Coast Richmond. It was a matchup that was once one to savor. Uh, right now, I think I'd do everything to avoid it. But anyway, that's yeah. that's us. Uh, Great work AFL, in the comments, everybody. Yeah. AFL is uh, going to put this up as the ad for having a, a floating fixture from about round two onwards. I think because immediately they yeah they would not have liked. The, uh, the fact that this is coming up on Friday night now. Not anymore. Nah, guys, thank you for the comments. They were good. I don't mind just uh, being relentlessly roasted. It was a good vibe in here. <laughs> Run a little long, but that's because I think we had more fun than we actually expected we would. So great work in the comments, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Share the show. Share the love. And we will see you a little bit later on in the week. Bye for now. Bye.